Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. This is the month of the Good Snakes. We'll be releasing five individual episodes throughout February. At the end of the month, we'll open voting and you, the listener, will vote on your favorite stories. So far, we heard Standoff by Reed Benson in episode 71, Serpent Quest by Laura L. Zimmerman in episode 22, Calculated Risk by Steve Raza in episode 73. Later this month, we'll listen to King's Snake by Jonathan Garner. But our story today was written by Laura Van Arendonk Ba. Laura Van Arendonk Ba writes nonfiction about animal behavior and speculative fiction about everything else. Her most recent novel, The Song Weaver's Vow, was a semi-finalist for Spiffbo's Best of 2017 Award. Find more stories at www.lauravab.com. That's www.lauravab.com. Check the show notes for the direct links. So, without further ado, The Untold Podcast presents Protector by Laura Van Arendonk Ba. Elena slapped a tree trunk for balance as she skidded past and flung herself down the faded trail to the lower stream. Her breath sobbed in her throat, and hot tears threatened her vision. They were close behind, but near the jackfruit tree she forced herself to a walk. She took small steps, rolling heel to toe, and counted the meter of Rockabye Baby as she stepped. She hesitated as she neared the rotting log and then veered to the right. Even in her haste, especially in her haste, Queenie was a safer bet than Elvis. She glanced at the nearby mound and saw a telltale strip of olive brown among the decomposing leaves. Nothing more. Her familiar tempo had bought her passage. She veered left again, safely past the leaves and log, and reached the jackfruit tree. Its foliage was thin, but with luck, she might go unnoticed among its enormous fruit. She hooked a leg over the lowest limb and wriggled as high as she trusted it. She touched her phone, secure in its belt clip. It had no signal here, but she had to keep it close, for Dr. Morrison and Dr. Ligari. She had been away when the poachers came. She had nearly walked right into the compound, had caught warning only when they started chainsawing the horn from Sweet Nano, dead beside Dr. Ligari. Dr. Morrison lay crumpled a little distance away near the bloody remains of Peanut and Navneet, their tusks stained red. Five lives traded for rhinoceros horn and elephant ivory. Elena stopped short, unable for a moment to grasp what she already knew, and then threw herself into concealing brush. They'd come to protect these animals, and they'd died with them. There was nothing left to save now. But she had to photograph the poachers, to capture their faces so maybe they could be captured later. The chainsaw fell silent as Nano's horn fell to the dust, and the virtual shutter and faux advancing film sounded over loud in the sudden silence. They shot at her as she ran. She ducked and zigzagged toward the only place she thought she might be able to hide. The veterinary compound stored a lot of food, which attracted a lot of rodents, which in turn attracted a lot of rat snakes. 
This bounty of tasty snakes was the reason the two king cobras tolerated one another. The conservationists had been carefully predictable, and Elvis and Queenie had grown to ignore them. Girl, come out now and we won't kill you. Even in desperation, Elena would not believe such a lie. The first poacher came into view, pants red with the blood of three species, rifle in his hand. Girl, we know your phone can't upload here. There's still time to trade it back to us. Elena held her breath, tried to still her pounding heart. Give up now or it will be worse for you. The olive brown line stirred in the dead leaves. King Cobras did not hear voices, but Queenie would be sensitive to his foreign steps, and even more so now than usual. Don't see her, Elena prayed. Don't shoot her. She couldn't handle one more death. He stopped and looked up. Elena's heart wrenched in her chest. He grinned and came forward, lifting his gun. He came in a straight line, too near the rotting log. Elvis had hidden beneath the log during his vulnerable molting. King Cobras were particularly defensive while their milky eyecaps were in place, likely to strike at anything which came near, such as an unfamiliar man reeking of blood. Elvis lunged from beneath the log, and the bite took the man behind the knee. He screamed and went down as his knee buckled, and Elvis responded to the assault by biting harder. The poacher brought his gun around and jabbed the muzzle at Elvis's head. Elena gasped, but Elvis somehow, impossibly, recognized the danger. He released and re-bit. The poacher jerked, and the rifle fired into the side of his knee. He screamed. The second poacher pounded down the trail and stopped abruptly at the sight of his partner writhing beneath a 12-foot snake. He raised his gun and hesitated. Elena clutched the slippery branch with numb fingers. The second poacher stepped back, his footfalls moving away from the pounding vibrations of the struggle and toward the two-foot pile of dead leaves enwrapping Queenie's clutch of eggs. Queenie rose from the dead vegetation in a rush of olive brown. Her hood flared and her mouth opened in a full-throated warning growl like an angry stray dog. Her head hovered level with the poacher's face. No man is prepared to stare a furious mother king cobra in the eyes. He swore and swung his rifle toward the tall snake, firing. Elena screamed as Queenie jerked back and blood sprayed. But the snake recoiled upward and launched at the poacher. Her bite took him in the upper cheek. Elena slipped around the branch and fell, landing hard on her side. Queenie released the poacher, who lay thrashing and swearing, clutching at his eye. The first poacher tried to crawl away, and Elvis bit him again, though he had to be out of venom by now. Queenie drew back from the blinded poacher and looked at Elena. Elena froze. She was only a few paces away, certainly within the snake's threat range, and nearly within striking distance. But Queenie lowered her upper body and relaxed her bloody hood. She held Elena's gaze for a long moment, unblinking and unmoving, and then she retreated through the forest litter. Elena got to her feet and stumbled forward, snatching the rifles and then bolting up the trail. One poacher got to his feet, but he was easy to outpace now. She had her photos, but they would not be needed. 
King Cobra anti-venom had to be administered within minutes, and her phone had no signal here. our story. I hope you liked it. Please check back for the next installment in our contest, and be sure to check out reviews by Peter over at christianfictionreviewguru.blogspot.com. And remember that this podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. Please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us nice reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, support us on Patreon, and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannan, Fred Heimbaugh, Clayton Webb, Jen Finelli, Parker J. Cole, and Nathan and Casey Butler. And I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you, King Cobras are particularly defensive while their milky eyecaps are in place. Author's note, fiction allows us both to explore our frustrations with reality and try in some way to write things. I have two friends working in Africa to preserve endangered species and support local communities. One of them spent a week in a coma this summer after poachers attacked his jeep with a rocket launcher. Administrations are determinedly stripping protections from both animals and people. It's easy to feel powerless. I moved the setting out of Africa so I could include the fascinating King Cobra as my hero and comforted myself that while the good guys may not always win, the bad guys won't always either.